0: Well, hello there and thank you for joining us for the first ever episode of the dollar high doctrine where we investigate together what it means to be a domestic church i'm here with my wife holly my name is ben and we're very excited to have you with us
1: yeah hi <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good to be here feeling a little awkward but we're gonna get yeah. past it
0: so please excuse us as we figure out how to do this but we're very excited to be on this journey with all of you. We appreciate everybody that's taking their time to listen to us. Uh, we're very excited, like I said, to be on this journey with all of you.
1: Yeah. Hopefully somebody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So we wanted to start by sharing just a little bit about us. So I wanted to have my wife, Holly, first introduce herself, because this is kind of her brainchild. Why you
1: keep doing that? <laughs> um, okay, I'm Holly. I live here with my husband, Ben. And our two babies, Noah and Jonah. Um, What about me? What do you want to know? I'm learning more and more how to bake. So that's fun. Not something I grew up knowing. Um, I really like decorating. Even though our house doesn't look like it right now. Love plants. Even though I also killed a lot of those. So Mm -hmm. All my hobbies really are... (laughs)
0: <laughs> yep. for the record we moved here to virginia so we've we just moved about seven months ago well actually it's been about nine months uh with a car load of house plants we are now down to three
1: <laughs> this is the first time though that i've really let go and you know yeah. focused on the babies instead of the plants mm-hmm.
0: yeah we've decided that the uh the The houseplants are now on hospice care they're slowly dying and uh, we will wish them well and we will reuse their pots once they are finally gone
1: (laughs) yes trying to be sustainable
0: well a little bit about me Uh, my name is ben i am a funeral director by day and a uh, dad all the time so uh, i love being a husband and a father and I love sharing what that means with other people, especially those that are discerning their vocation to married life. Um, I love to cook. I don't get a chance to do it too often anymore, at least. I abhor manual labor, which I think is one of my faults.
1: Abhor? Yeah. Okay, just check. Abhor. Okay.
0: My ideal day is playing video games and doing absolutely nothing, but of course with children I don't think I have touched a video game now in probably six, seven months.
1: Yeah, you've stepped away. Yes. We need to work on our hobbies. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: A little less on doing the yard work and a little bit more on doing video games. You all heard it, folks. She wants me to play <laughs> more video games. All right, so... Let's dive into a little bit about why we're doing this, uh, why we feel that we are um, blessed to be in this position to lead you all in this journey. Like I said, this is my wife, Holly's brainchild. So again, I want to turn the mic over to her.
1: See, I don't remember it being exactly my brainchild. I think it was. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I guess in what we've experienced thus far in our young marriage and Family life. Um, so we got married in 2020, right in the beginning, middle of the pandemic. Um, which already kicked it off to an interesting start to our marriage because uh, life was very different getting married and after than it had been while we were dating and before. Um, right, We but, were
0: very social people. Right. And then we went from being super social, having a lot of friends, constantly talking to people, to not really talking to anybody
1: right but also just like the inaccessibility of all the things that kind of we enjoyed together and that made our faith life we found um, recent more in more recent years that a lot of our spirituality uh, is rooted in community and so during the pandemic you know a lot of church things and sacrament opportunities were really closed off and shut down Um, And it didn't really lend itself to helping us make an effort to seek out those things, maybe like we would have before. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, all those things kind of started our marriage in this place of like isolation and maybe a little bit of spiritual desolation, um, especially because we have very different spiritual um experiences ourselves and kind of preferences of how we pray and how we share the faith with each other and with other people it's very different um i don't know about you guys but i'm very touchy-feely like share share your what's on your heart with me let's pray together i will hold your hand or give you hugs like
0: (laughs) and i am not that way
1: (laughs) so yeah. At
0: least when it comes to the prayer life, like I, I'm very like regimented. I've so a little bit about our background, I guess that would be helpful to kind of establish what that foundation is for each of us. So both of us have at least some professional experience in what it means to be, um, I guess you can call it like a professional Catholic, quote unquote. Where I was in seminary formation for uh, quite a few years, and you were. Uh, You have your degree in pastoral administration and worked in a ministry role in Indianapolis um, for a few years Mm -hmm. and the experiences of prayer that we had that kind of formed us were completely different so now we're here in our married life trying to figure out how those two items come together how those two experiences come together and how we pray with one another but then also How we build the domestic church, not only amongst the two of us, but now that we have children, how do we build that with them? And then how do we witness then to other people?
1: Right. So I think based on those experiences of realizing that we kind of have some friction between sharing our spiritual life together um, came this kind of realization as well that we don't really know how to live out this marriage vow and this call to get one another to heaven and to perfect one another the way that God would have us do. Um, Even though we absolutely know that that's what we agreed to do in marriage and that's what we set our vows to do, but we've realized more and more that like we don't know how to do that. And I don't know many other people who have at least voiced how to do that well um outside of a few married saints maybe that i know of Mm -hmm. but um we've just realized especially in our family life too that like there's this need i think to redefine what is the domestic church and to figure out practical ways to live that because in my mind my goal is like sainthood as spouses and as a family Um, and I would love to see, like, this be the generation, or the next few generations, of, like, um, canonized families. Like, that would be so amazing. Um, not to say that we have the authority (laughs) to, to teach others what to do in this regard, because we're, we're figuring it out, we have no idea ourselves, um. And not to say that we are holy or or any better than anybody else, because we are absolutely not. We are very ordinary and actually very much feel like we're in the mud right now. Like we're in the thick of babies and exhaustion and sleep training and uh, work hours and stay-at-home chaos um, and, you know, tight finances and all the things all at once. And we live far away from family, so like... You know we're in the thick of life which i think helps us um i don't know walk with everybody else who's kind of in the thick of it too
0: right and i think that brings up a good point you know all the all the other catholic couples that we know of in podcasts and youtube videos and people that are in formal ministry right they they, they themselves might not see themselves as having it all figured out but for those of us that are still actually trying to figure it out that they seem a lot more well put together than we feel
1: right we're like how do we get there right
0: so we want to be able to be vulnerable with all of you that are listening and joining us on this journey in order to kind of show our thought process of how we get there because we have this this goal in mind this this uh as vatican ii says the the universal call to holiness so how do we achieve that together as as not only as spouses as individuals but then as a family unit as you said
1: and also just in the crazy world that we're living in which i think makes it tenfold harder to do this than maybe in past generations Mm -hmm. because more and more it seems there's uh you know evil at work and evil winning not to say there's not great good things happening, but I think, you know, the odds are against us. So how do we how do we build good armor um, to battle this in life?
0: Right, right. So all good things. We're super excited to be here with all of you, and uh, we can't wait to journey through the mud with all of you. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, please let us know if you feel like if anyone's listening, please leave us a comment or a like or something about where you're at in life with your family, your marriage, um, your relationships. Does this apply to you? What do you want to hear about regarding figuring out what the domestic church is? What are things that you're struggling with in life right now? Um, also, how can we pray for you? Uh, cause we absolutely could use all the prayers we can get, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, definitely we just want to walk with everybody um, and share, share this craziness with you um, so that maybe we can all get somewhere good together. Yeah.
0: And I think that one of the, the aspects of the mud, I'm looking here at our, our makeshift notes that we've made <laughs> that kind of go off for this first podcast, and everything has to do with Easter. And one of the <laughs> things that we've really struggled with together is discipline enough Ugh, to oh actually do this. So we want to be held accountable to you all to do this once a week, upload one episode a week where we share kind of what's going on. Because otherwise, like our notes are staring us in the face. Yeah,
1: we'll We've, be months behind. Right, yeah. right.
0: Of course, we had different things going on. It's all part of the mud. Things come <laughs> up. You know, I we got sick. The kids got sick. You got sick. Everybody got sick. And then we had visitors, yeah. and things just did not go <laughs> as planned. So here we are now, uh, the week after Pentecost, <laughs> having finally done this.
1: But hey, we're here. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I don't know. Like again, we don't know where we're going with this or what we're doing, but we're gonna try to figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just to start, like, what, what was your vision? Of domestic church or what our marriage should be before we got married versus now.
0: Sure, yeah, I had a, a good uh, Catholic role model. Um, not not necessarily growing up, but uh, later on in seminary formation, I had the, the, these beautiful witnesses of family life from various different families that I was able, privileged, really, to interact with throughout Formation, that they got together, they had all these beautiful kids, they sat down after dinner, and they all prayed together, or they, they all did sports together after dinner, and then, then they prayed together. Um, and I thought, you know, that's such a beautiful image, such a powerful witness to the beauty of married life. And I just kind of assumed that all devout Catholic families were like that Mm -hmm. and uh, come to find out that it's not that way, that it doesn't come that naturally Mm -hmm. uh, to most families. Um, So that was kind of the ideal situation in my mind, that uh, it was a family that prayed together, that really sought each other's holiness, and I think that that's a good role model. It's just that the groundwork, the foundation Uh, has not been laid well i think for individuals entering the married life at the moment and that's nothing against the people that formed us to prepared us for marriage because i think that they did an awesome job that's a shout out to mr and mrs smith (laughs) that uh did a really awesome job especially during covid having to do everything over zoom Mm -hmm. and the um little hiccups that come with that right But but again but talk about perfect you know like wonderful awesome catholic families
1: yes yeah absolutely great role models but you're talking about um kind of um flawed or um misdirected formation as far as like a few generations right Right. um in the catholic church of we've kind of lost sight of how to teach people how to be Catholic and how to have a Catholic soul and what that means in your day-to-day life. Um, so yeah, we, I think that's what you're saying. Yeah.
0: What about you? Because you worked closely, more closely, I think, with families than I did. So what kind of was your vision of the domestic church going into the sacrament of matrimony?
1: Um, I think I always knew like, the goal of marriage is sainthood. Um, that's kind of the vision that I had like and I think we even I think I wrote to you about it (laughs) while we were dating like like I want whoever I marry to be a saint with me you know and and to work with each other to get to that point of virtue Um, so I think that's always been the foundation of what our relationship was and like at least where I saw it going for marriage But I think what I struggle with a lot is like, yeah, that's our goal. And I know that we're good people at heart and like we want what's best for each other and we want each other's good. Um, And we're not afraid to like push each other a little bit to get there. But we also, like we said earlier, kind of spiritually haven't figured out how to, I don't know, meet in the middle. We're we're working on it and we've gotten better as far as like praying together and like figuring out what liturgy we feel like, you know, we're we're called to be at as a family. But I think that we're still lacking just like I guess open communication about many things including spirituality because I mean, the domestic church life also includes all that other aspects of life, right? Like like our money and um our feelings and our hobbies and our bad days and our good days like all the things right. Right. Um, that I think maybe just our communication like I feel like we weren't taught and we didn't grow up watching par- our parents also like they were also weren't great at showing us how to communicate that way mm-hmm. and again not at any fault of theirs but like that's because they didn't have that modeled either
0: right they didn't have that formation
1: right so. yeah so i think i think that now too just the way that we look at our kids and we're like oh my gosh how am i gonna raise them as a good catholic <laughs> because i have no idea um outside of you know the few things we did growing up as catholics i don't think is enough to like feel like we've done a good job
0: right and I think that that's where it really hit home for me you know it was one thing to um have this struggle with between the two of us like trying to figure out how our spiritualities meet but then how to pass on the faith to these children you know when Noah our young, our oldest was born that like hit me like a brick I was like oh my gosh I have zero idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I have no idea one how to be a dad, but then two how to be a Catholic dad. So how do I how do I model the faith? How do I model Christ to him and show h- him that the husband is to be Christ to the wife as well? So how do we how do we come to this knowledge if that hasn't been handed down to us? Mm-hmm. And how are we expected to hand down the faith in raising and rearing children if we have not been given the faith
1: right and this is all again after some pretty heavy formation for both of us you had how many years in seminary formation
0: it was about so i took a leave of absence in the middle of it where i was gone for about two years but if you include those two years uh in the timeline so i was in seminary formation from 2012 took a leave of absence in 20 uh, i want to say it was 24 14, the beginning of 2014, which lasted until 2017. And then I finally left formation in 2019. So no, 2018.
1: Four, so four or five years. It
0: no, it was, was 2019, 2019. It was yeah.
1: 2019. But four or five years of seminary formation. Right. You went to Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. You. Well, Jesuit high school, but Jes- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have had, obviously, like... Um, experience with pastoral care Mm -hmm. um as far as um your chaplaincy program went and um funeral directing all these things with families i've had um a degree in pastoral leadership but also like extensive volunteering work with college ministries um retreats mission trips um and then parish ministry as well for all ages, um, so despite having all this training and, like, knowledge, right, we feel so unequipped, so it just makes me think, like, how many couples and families are out there that are Catholic that, you know, don't have any of that, just have, like, growing up Catholic or joining the faith on their own accord, like, what are they doing as the domestic church what do they feel is the vision of marriage and family life how are they living that out do they feel overwhelmed because we definitely do Mm
0: -hmm. and i think that we as a church are getting there we've, we've really become very robust in uh pastoral theory and sacramental theory right as far as uh the vocation sacraments the sacraments of vocation go I think that we've been very heavy on the sacrament of holy orders, and that's kind of redefined itself. It's, it's really had to redefine itself, uh, rediscover itself here in the past few years. But we've, like I said, come a far way as far as explaining the theory behind the sacrament of matrimony. But I think where we're lacking is the practical application of what that means in our daily life. And that's what we hope to explore with each and every one of you that are joining us on this journey
1: right and hope to find out for ourselves (laughs) as we share um but i think too like i could get going if we start talking (laughs) about like um catechetics and uh just the need to revitalize that and totally redesign the way that the catholic church is teaching the faith because obviously that's what we're talking about Mm -hmm. but i think too as like a mother now um I would go back um, to where I was in pastoral ministry and totally redo the way that I was doing ministry because I think Mm -hmm. there's also a severe lack of parishes doing their work to support family life where they're supposed to be a base of support um, for us to live well at home with our families. But instead it's, it's kind of like you have to go to church and participate in these activities to participate in the faith, but that's not where our faith is really happening. You know, it's it's at home um, in our day to day. So I don't know. I could go on and on about catechetical things, but I'm sure we will get there eventually.
0: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And we we understand that again because we're the quote unquote professional Catholics, right? That like we we get that the that the Holy Mass is the source and summit of our faith. We get that. And we understand that we love it. We love the Holy Mass. Um, But we find that when we leave Mass, there's a lacking there. And perhaps that's on our part. And we hope to discover that. um, And how we can draw out the mysteries that that we receive at the Holy Mass
1: throughout the week. That's also definitely like... Our starting point right or like jumping point as the domestic church like is the sacraments and the liturgy excuse me um like that's our foundation and especially in our experience too like when we have no idea what we're doing with each other spiritually and in our faith life we totally know that we're we're gonna for sure go to mass on sunday and we're gonna experience that sacrament together and that that is not negotiable. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's a good place to start if you're definitely feeling lost um, in in the faith journey with your spouse or your family. Like You have to be grounded in the sacraments. Otherwise, it's all for nothing. Right.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's one thing that we definitely experienced and struggled with uh, for a short time there. Because, you know, as everybody knows, if, if you are a practicing Catholic, the... Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, at least publicly, was suspended, and the lay faithful were not able to adequately participate. Mm -hmm. Um, We could still watch it online, or -hmm. we could watch it on TV, but we could not bring ourselves physically to be present at that sacrifice, and I think that that did a lot of harm to that, and I I know that we have used that as an excuse, particularly Mm -hmm. during the time when it was being offered publicly again, mm-hmm. but that obligation still wasn't there. And so we've used that as an excuse. So this could be even a call to other Catholics that, you know, are looking to, to foster this domestic church, kind of f- figuring out why they feel lost. Maybe the the best place to start, like you said, that, that springboard moment for them, might be to fit that back into their daily routine. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and I'm sure um, at least with the older generations that that's still the case after COVID. Like, it's become so much more accessible to not go to mass because um, we're there's kind of a culture now of like, well, if you're not feeling great, or if you don't want to get sick, or if you're vulnerable, don't go, don't show up, just watch from home. You know, we now a lot of churches say the um, the prayer to receive. Um, spiritual communion right so yeah i think that that's also like you said kind of i think i think the church missed the mark during covid um and we could we could have done a lot better with ministering to the people during such a hard time um but also maintaining a foundation for the faith life um not just with mass but also adoration and reconciliation were huge ones that like totally went missing for the most part during that time when they were like needed the most, um, and I would say that we need them right now too in our own marriage and family life, mm-hmm. and we that's something that we have not um, prioritized to get back into, even mm-hmm. though like when we were dating, we went to daily mass on most of our dates, or we went to a holy hour or something, um, and obviously like. It's totally different when you have little kids, and we don't live near church in the south. Um, there's not; a, it's not nearly as accessible as it was when we were up north to get to a Catholic church and their sacraments. But
0: yeah, um, for a little bit of background on that for all of you. So the um, uh, we moved to Virginia, like I said earlier. So we're in the like the middle of the Bible Belt, right? And we knew that coming in. <laughs>
1: But we didn't really know
0: how bad it was
1: as far as like
0: being able to access. Being Catholic here. Right. Yep. Yeah. So the, uh, there are two Catholic parishes that are within half an hour of us. And both of them do not have a liturgy that I feel comfortable raising my children in. And it's it, they're both parishes that we don't feel that we can have that we would be able to contribute anything to anyway. So we find ourselves driving an hour to Mass every weekend, Mm -hmm. whether that be up north um, to Lynchburg or down south all the way to Greensboro. So trying to figure out um, how we can best pass on the faith to our kids uh, in the the middle of the Bible Belt.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's just made it hard to uh, reaccess those sacraments that we know we need and would benefit from greatly yeah. in our spiritual life and in our marriage. Yeah,
0: It's funny that you say that because I actually have had forgotten uh, you know when we were dating you know of course we, I, I clearly remember going to Young Adult Nights with you because you were the one sponsoring or putting on the Young Adult Night anyway mm-hmm. but then um, I remember finally having back up a little bit so when i left seminary <laughs> there was a lot of hurt there mm. there was a lot of um i felt very unworthy to be at the mass and my my spiritual life really took a dive after leaving um the seminary formation and i think that that is an experience that i've seen in seminaries that have left formation kind of across the board mm-hmm. That once they leave seminary formation there's this kind of dive spiritually Um, But, uh, so right before COVID, literally two or three weeks before everything got shut down, I had finally gotten to the point where I was going to daily mass every day. You know, I had found a a parish closer to where I lived in in Indianapolis, and I was going there every day after work. Um, They had an evening uh, low mass, and I was going every day, and I finally felt that fire of faith spark again mm-hmm. because like you said when we were dating you know we would go to daily mass together and we would go to holy hours together we were at a very high point spiritually but individually uh you were still at that high point but i was more at a low point right. so finding um so right when i had started developing those good habits again it was all stripped away just like it was for everybody else mm-hmm. so coming from that spiritual high that i was finally getting again to spirit extreme spiritual desolation i remember uh, that particular lent everybody said it was the most lentiest lent <laughs> that they ever experienced um <laughs> everything's but, gone right so <laughs> yeah. like we couldn't do anything and we went from finally establishing these routines with one another as a dating couple to not having that available to us. And I think that that was the experience for most people.
1: Right. And like you said, kind of like sinking into that, like not only were we upset that that was gone, but we were also like, well, it's not available to anybody. So it's okay that we're not participating. Like, I don't know. It was like a get out of jail free card, like to not do anything with our sacraments Mm -hmm. in our faith life. Even though, obviously, that's not what we were called to do. But that's kind of how it fell for us, and that's, that's kind of what we're climbing out of now, mm-hmm. spiritually.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I think we have some interesting perspectives to share because of our unique background. But hopefully, others can relate. And we have friends who also um, are couples out of seminary life and other um, ministry backgrounds as well. Um, that kind of share struggles um, connecting spiritually and also people that um, come from different faith backgrounds in their marriage. So I think that that'll be interesting too to to learn how, how they in particular view the domestic church when maybe their spouse doesn't share that view with them. So how, how they're living that in their own marriage too. Yeah. yeah.
0: So like I said, we are very excited. Um, about this journey that we're about to take with all of you and we hope that if you've enjoyed this little tiny introduction the super awkward introduction that yeah, we've done with we've you we've been all over the place <laughs> yeah that you will come back next week when we have a bit more of a succinct message yeah where we will actually present to you something going I, on
1: i tried to have us Just for a couple minutes before starting, to be like, hey, what are we going to talk about? And you were like, no, no, we're just talking. Let's just go. It'll be fine.
0: (laughs) And it turned out okay, I think. We'll see. Yeah,
1: let us know if anybody listened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, But we are, like I said, we're super excited. We feel blessed that you took the time out of your day to listen to us. And we hope that you will come back next week to join us as we continue to figure out what it means to build the domestic church at home.
1: Yeah, and just some plugs. Um, one of our, my favorite podcasts, um, that's kind of helped us to get here too, is listening to the Pre-Cana with the Pope podcast. I will totally plug them, even though they don't know I'm doing that, um, but definitely go listen to them, whether you're in a married relationship, if you're not, if you're dating, if you're engaged, if you've been married for 50 years or five, like, I think they have a lot to offer, um similarly to kind of what we're talking about, but especially with regards to the marriage relationship. Um, And also a little shameless plug, I have a very teeny tiny business that I'm trying to start that is not anything crazy, but if you want to check it out at diaryofadollarhide.com, I just have a little blog and a little shop to try to help support support us and, you know, pay for a couple more things in life (laughs) as things get more expensive, but um, just kind of trying to, again, talk about uh, things in, in home life and raising kids and being a good wife um, and how our faith uh, affects that. So. Yeah.
0: so please join us next week as we come together again to figure out what it means to rebuild the domestic church. Thanks for joining us.
1: Bye.